Hi, and welcome to the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians with the Beaufort County Library in South Carolina, and we are back. <laughs> it's been a little while since we recorded one of these. I hope we remember how to do it. I really hope we remember. I'm actually quite nervous about that. Um, and thanks to everyone who sent nice messages yes. to um, have me get well soon. It was yes. very appreciated and very sweet. Yes. And it brightened my day quite yes. a bit. It, it was, was very, very nice. nice. Yeah, very nice. We we appreciated everybody who who reached out to us mm-hmm. and, and let us know that you were thinking of us and missing us while we were gone. We missed all of you, but we got lots of good reading. And I know Anne was doing tons of reading as she recuperated. Right? Yeah, but never enough. <laughs> There's never enough. <laughs> I looked back on on my my log and I yeah. thought it seemed I I thought I could read a lot more yeah. in this but in that time yeah there are other like sometimes you want to watch movies right and right. do other things right. so yeah that's okay yeah and nobody will be surprised to hear that Anne stayed with me for a little while while she was recovering and we would just sit next to each other and read <laughs> we <laughs> with, did talk too with a dog between with us. a dog between us it was yes, great it was lovely today we're doing our spring reading preview where we are going to talk about the books that we're excited about in March April and May and I got it right this time Yay. I didn't even have to double check myself so checked for you <laughs> yeah, I'm was, sure you did but I nervous. I knew it this time I knew it uh, all right so let's just go ahead and get started what and what are you looking forward to. Okay, my first book is White Tears by Hari Kunzru, and that comes out on March 14th, and I'm not really sure how to categorize this. I got an advanced copy, and I thought I knew what it was about, and then I read reviews, and I thought, oh no, I know, I have no idea what this is about, actually. <laughs> um, so from the review, from the, the advanced copy I had, I thought that the synopsis sounded like just a literary novel about race and class in the United States. But when I was writing this up, I was reading reviews and they were totally baffled by it. They mm-hmm. said that it's a literary horror book. Mm-hmm. They said it's a ghost story. Oh they said God. it's a murder mystery. Um, and some said it's magical realism. And so I don't know where to put this book. So I'm very, very intrigued by it. And it's about two young men who live in New York City. And uh, Seth is shy and awkward, while his friend Carter is charismatic, and he's an heir to a fortune. And so they're unlikely friends, but they share a love of music between them. And so when Seth records an unknown singer in the park, then Carter puts it online, and he claims it's this long-lost blues recording from the 1920s from a musician named Charlie Shaw. And um, after it goes viral, they're contacted by a collector who says that they're fake recording is actually real and it starts them down a dark path that explores greed and exploitation and race in the United States. So I'm very curious of how this incorporates all of these elements yeah. into one book. So um, I love I love authors that play around with genre. So I think it'll be really interesting. And that's White Tears by Hari Kunzru. All right. My first one is The Inexplicable Logic of My Life by Benjamin, I think it's Alire Sayans. Do you know Sayans? I'm not sure. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm sure I'm butchering that. Um, But this is the author who wrote Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe, which uh, I read and loved uh, when that came out. And um, there's not a whole lot of information out there about this one. It's about a young man named Sal who has grown up with his adoptive gay father and a loving Mexican-American family, and he has best friend Samantha. And suddenly in his senior year of high school, he begins lashing out and questioning everything. Um, so it sounds like it's a really moving coming-of-age novel with a realistic portrayal of a diverse family and an um, experience that a lot of kids have of questioning kind of who they are mm-hmm. and where they come from. and and their family dynamics. 
So that's The Inexplicable Logic of My Life by Benjamin Alire Sayans. Cool. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you try to find out how to pronounce things ahead of time, yeah. and other times it just doesn't work out. Yeah, so. yeah it just didn't happen. Yeah. We're, uh, we're rusty at this whole yeah. podcasting thing. <laughs> okay, my next book is The Gargoyle Hunters by John Freeman Gill, and that comes out on March 21st. And it's set in the 1970s in New York. I think I think I have a bunch of New York books. Maybe just these two. I always like New York books. So. Yeah. And it's about a 13-year-old boy named Griffin Watts who is enlisted to work at his, his estranged father's illicit architectural salvage business. So because of his size, because he's younger than all the other workers, then he's able to kind of fit in spaces that others can't. And so he's recruited to steal the carved gargoyles that are hanging from skyscrapers all over the city. And his father feels like they have a right to do this because it saves the majestic artistic accomplishments of past generations before these buildings are swept away in um, through new development, through new build, buildings being um, being constructed. So at first, Griffin agrees to this so he can he can earn money to to help his mother. But his father's obsession with saving these pieces becomes more and more dangerous, both in the physical sense and in a, a mental sense, as he endangers Griffin's life and his relationships with other people. So um, it's a coming-of-age story, and it's architecture, and and it just sounds really interesting to me. And that's The Gargoyle Hunters by John Freeman Gill. My next one is One Day We'll All Be Dead and None of This Will Matter by, I think it's Scotchy Cool. It's S-C-A-A-C-H-I. Uh, it comes out March 7th, and this is a collection of essays, and she's been compared to Lindy West, Roxane Gay, and Jenny Lawson. It's a series of essays about growing up in Canada as an Indian woman and feeling like an outsider her whole life. And actually, when I put this on our list to talk about, I hadn't read it. But then over the weekend, I oh. had an advanced reader's copy and, and picked it up, and it was fairly quick read. So before I knew it, I'd read the whole thing. I just started it because I had a little bit of time, and so I didn't want to dive into a brand new book that yeah. was like a 400-page book. And I thought essays were good. Anyway, so I ended up reading the whole thing. So it was so good. It was very insightful mm -hmm. about being a woman, being a woman of color, having immigrant parents. There was a lot, a lot there that I think is very topical right now. And sort of the expectations that weigh on her and, and how she responds to that, as mm -hmm. well as observations about life in general. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that everybody can relate to, but I definitely think it's, for me as a white woman, a, a good sort of peek into an experience that I have not had. Yeah. It was really moving and funny and very personal. Like you felt like you'd gotten to know her at the end of reading it. Mm -hmm. And so I just loved it. I thought it was really, really good. And it's out just in a week or two. So yeah. it's going coming out soon. So it's One Day We'll All Be Dead and None of This Will Matter by Scotchy Cool. Cool. Oh, that wasn't trying ah. to do a play on words. Ah. Wah, wah. <laughs> My next book is American War by Omar el and that comes out on April 4th, and this is a debut novel with a dire outlook on the United States in which we fight a second civil war in 2074. Hmm. I started to write this up, and I kept calling it an alternate history, and I thought, oh, that's not good, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that I'm already thinking we hope not. <laughs> 
So in this book, it, it centers around a girl named Sarah who's six when the war begins. But even though she's young, she understands the grim facts of her life in Louisiana, which um, include that half the state is underwater and that the area is patrolled by drones and that oil is outlawed. And her father is killed and her family is forced to go to a camp for displaced people, but not everyone there is who they claim to be. So as Sarah grows up, she meets a mysterious tra- stranger who begins to groom her to be an instrument of war. Um, the reviews that I've, I've read say that it's an excellent dystopia and it has really incredible characters. And sometimes those two things don't go together. So um, usually, well, not, I shouldn't say usually, dystopia can kind of be a victim of world building mm-hmm. and then forgetting characters. And it sounds like this one is really fleshed out well. So I'm excited for that. And it's called American War by Omar el Yeah, that one I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah, as well. It has a very ominous cover. Oh my gosh, yes. It's black with like um, barbed, wire barbed wire across. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Okay, my next one is Exit West by Mohsin Hamid. Hamid, I think, uh, comes out March 7th. And it takes place in an unnamed country, which is te- teetering on the brink of civil war. And Nadia and Saeed meet and embark on a furtive love affair. And the unrest in their city leads them to develop kind of a stronger intimacy than you would normally think after such a short time. But because they're sort of cloistered in an enclosed Mm -hmm. space because they can't really go out because of the unrest. They get to depend on each other very quickly. Soon, uh, the violence has escalated and they begin to hear whispers about doors that can take you to other places, um, places where it would be safe, but the journey is really perilous and comes at a high price. And so they determine that they must leave everything they know and uh, everyone they know and venture through one of those doors to try to get to safety. And so the novel follows these characters as they face this uncertain future, as they try to cling to each other, remember their pasts and their culture in this new place. And uh, it sounds very much like a novel about the state of the world, kind of, with Mm -hmm. all the things that are going on with refugees and without ever actually naming a specific place. Mm -hmm. That is Exit West by Mohsen Hamid. It's it's very interesting that I think all of the reading challenges Mm -hmm. that that both you and I are following this year, every one of them has a a refugee refugee. story Mm -hmm. included as something to read. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very topical. (laughs) Okay, um, next is The Shadowland by Elizabeth Kostova. (gasps) (laughs) It comes out on April 11th. And this is actually what I'm reading right now. So I was so excited to get a copy of this book. I I think I took a billion pictures and posted them all over the place. uh, Because I'm a huge fan of her first book, The Historian, which I'm pretty sure I've talked about. I think you've talked about um, that before. I think it was the school stories episode um and she doesn't release books very often this is only her third book i think and so um it's been many years since the swan thieves came Mm -hmm. out so so this is kind of a big deal Mm -hmm. um so like the historian this takes place in eastern europe and it's specifically in bulgaria and it begins when a young american woman named alexandra boyd arrives at the capital called sophia and um she starts she's there to start a job as an english teacher but she's pretty sheltered in general in her life and she's very overwhelmed and exhausted when she arrives in sophia so she's really upset when she realizes she's accidentally taken a bag um from someone else just in just a a Mm mix-up um and then when she opens it up to find out information it it contains human ashes and so she wants to search for the family that lost them Mm -hmm. and as she does that she learns the story of a musician who lived under oppression and the the things that she learned that she learns ma- uh, make her confront her own troubled family history mm-hmm. so there's lots of similar ways of looking at the world that mm-hmm. that elizabeth kostova has done in past books which i just 
eat up with a spoon. So <laughs> I'm very excited for this. So far, um, I'm maybe only 100 pages into it, and it has really gorgeous descriptions of the country. Um, and that's a place that I don't think very many people are familiar mm-hmm. with. So she she definitely is leisurely in how she gets to her plot points, mm-hmm. but I don't mind that mm-hmm. one bit. So this is called The Shadowland by Elizabeth Kostova. All right, my next one is The Women in the Castle by Jessica Shattuck, and it comes out March 28th. And it is set at the end of World War II in a crumbling Bavarian castle that once hosted all of German high society. And Marianne is the widow of a resistor who died during the failed assassination attempt of Adolf Hitler in July of 1944. And she returns to the once grand castle of her husband's ancestors, determined to fulfill the promise that she had made to her husband's fellow resistors, which is to find and protect their wives. And so it's... The story of her is she rescues these three women that she is certain they will have this shared pain that will bond them together. And she soon realizes that things are not always as black and white as she thinks they are. She came from a very privileged background in a privileged world. And Mm -hmm. so she thinks things are ethically kind of clear. And after meeting these women, she realizes that that's maybe not the case. And so um, it's about these how each of these women must come to terms with the decisions they made before, during, and after the war. Ooh. And so it sounds like, I know some people can get kind of burnt out on World War II, but this sounds, Me. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't seem to, but I, I know a lot of people do. But I feel like this is a different take yeah. on it. Um, but it would still appeal to people who, if, the, if you liked The Nightingale or Sarah's Key, or um, even maybe The Light Between Oceans, which mm-hmm. is about decisions and how that affects everybody. I think that this seems like a good one. I can't wait to read it. It's The Women in the Castle by Jessica Shattuck. Yeah, that makes it sound... I confess that when I saw the advanced copies yeah. of this being offered, I was mm-hmm. like, I'll skip this. <laughs> uh, but that sounds very interesting. Yeah. Okay, up next is If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio, and it comes out April 11th. And it starts when Oliver Marks is released from jail and is finally ready to tell the detective who put him there what happened. Well, with that kind of beginning, (laughs) I am very hooked. Um, He had been part of a competitive group of young Shakespearean actors at a conservatory. And both on stage and in their friendship, they each play specific roles um, or specific tropes, I should say, of the works of Shakespeare. So you have your hero and villain, your temptress and ingenue, and and they don't make a good distinction between their stage life and their personal life. Okay. But in their final year, final year of school, the balance of power between them begins to shift until something happens that forces them to convince each other and the police that they're innocent of, of what goes wrong. So it sounds kind of like it has echoes of the secret history mm-hmm. to me, um, which is very appealing. Mm-hmm. And the cover has a big skull on it, which I liked. <laughs> so this is something that just arrived on my desk um, that I hadn't hadn't requested. And I just thought it sounded perfect for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited. It's called If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio. All right. My next one is The Jane Austen Project by Kathleen Flynn. It Yay. comes out May 2nd. Uh, and we are both excited about this one, yes. obviously. Uh, it's about two time travelers, Rachel Katzman and Liam Finucane. And it they're... I, well, now that I'm talking, I don't know when this is supposed to be set. But regardless, <laughs> whenever it's set, it sends them back to 1815 okay. to to befriend Jane Austen and her and to steal an unpublished manuscript <gasps> and bring it back to their present day. Um, and they're very well prepared by their organization, the Royal Institute for Special Topics in Physics, to handle the customs of the day. Yeah. But the realities of living every day in that time 
period creates quite a few surprises for yeah. them. And additionally, Rachel becomes close to Jane and her family. And so it's becoming more and more difficult for her to think about completing this plan and, and stealing from Jane. It sounds like a unique take on Jane Austen. And yeah. I mean, there's this whole universe of sequels and retellings, but this sounds like kind of something mm -hmm. unique and, and not, it hasn't been done before. And mm -hmm. so I'm really excited about it. It's called The Jane Austen Project by Kathleen Flynn. Have you ever, have you ever watched Lost in Austen? Yes. It reminds me of that, a little, but it yeah. sounds more intriguing, yes, I guess, like, yes. like more detailed. Right. In, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Okay, up next is The Witchfinder's Sister by Beth Underdown, and it comes out on April 25th, and it's a debut novel. And it's set in 1645 in Essex, England, and it begins when Alice Hopkins returns home after the death of her husband, and she's pregnant. And she goes to live with her brother, Matthew, who she hasn't seen in five years. And in that time, he's become a wealthy man with considerable influence in the community. And as she spends time with him, she realizes that more has changed than just his his uh, status. He's also become a hunter of suspected witches, and this obsession has started to corrupt him completely. And so she's torn between her love of her brother and the horror that she feels at what he's doing and what he's become. And this is based on real people. Oh. And I love the history of witches and witchcraft <laughs> and witch hunts. So um, that sounds very creepy when yeah. I say it that way, yeah. but I studied a lot of it in school, so this is so completely up my my alley mm -hmm. so i'm i'm absolutely dying to read this and it's the Witchfinder's sister by beth underdown okay so my <laughs> next one is saints for all occasions by j courtney sullivan it comes out may 9th and j courtney sullivan is the author of maine commencement and the engagements and maine was a big beach read the summer of 2011 or 2012 mm -hmm. i think it's been a few years and i enjoy i've read everything she's written and i've enjoyed them all but actually engagements is my favorite which mm -hmm. i think is maybe her least well-known but anyway, so I have high hopes for this one as she's wonderful at writing relationships of all kinds, friendships, family relationships, romantic relationships. Um, and this one is uh, about Nora and Teresa Flynn, who are 21 and 17 when they emigrate from their small town in Ireland and come to America. And Nora is responsible and serious and Teresa is gregarious and fun loving. And she's just living up, living it up in her <laughs> new life in Boston. And she ends up pregnant. And so she and Nora have to make a very very difficult decision about how to handle that. And then the book jumps to 50 years later and the sisters are estranged and Nora is the matriarch of a large uh, Catholic family and Teresa is a cloistered nun in Vermont. And a sudden death causes the sisters to confront the choices they made all those decades ago and have to start speaking again, which is something they haven't done in a while. So um, as I said, it comes out in May and this sounds like the perfect book to sit there outside, soak in the warmth of the spring and just become totally absorbed in this yeah. family sister story. Yeah. Uh, and that is Saints for All Occasions by J. Courtney Sullivan. Ooh, so I, love, I love books of how did they, they uh, part ways. Right, right. That's what led to it? Super fascinating. Yes. fascinating. Okay, I, my next book is Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine <gasps> by Gail Honeyman. Yeah, um, it comes out May 9th, and it's a, a debut that's getting tons and tons of, of librarian buzz. Mm -hmm. I feel like every um, listserv I'm on is talking about this book mm -hmm. right now. 
so it's about Eleanor Oliphant, and she is a quirky character. She wears the same thing to work every day, and she's socially awkward, and she does the same thing every weekend, which is to get pizza and drink by herself mm-hmm. and, and call her mom, and that's basically her entire life. And she's totally fine with this. This is not a problem for her. Um, she's always been a loner, and she intends to keep it that way. But everything changes during a chance encounter with her coworker Raymond, who is a sweet IT guy that, that works at her same company. Um, where they both stop to help an elderly, elderly man named Sammy who has fallen on the sidewalk. And together, the three of them have a chance to rescue each other from their isolation. And Raymond may even be able to help Eleanor with her damaged heart. So it sounds sweet, but not overly so. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm generally don't get too into sweet stories mm-hmm. or sweet romances, but this sounds pretty cute. So I'm excited for it. And it's Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman. I was so excited for that. I think you will love that. I will. Book, That's I like made in a laboratory. For right, me. right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I almost had it on my list, but I had, to, I had, we've talked it about this hard. before. It, this list was hard. There yeah. were so many books I'm excited to read. Yeah, this, there are this... plenty of things I could have, I think yeah, I could have read everything. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, me too. All right. My next one is Thick as Thieves by Megan Whalen Turner. It comes out May 16th. And I meant to look this up before we talked. I don't know if I've talked about the series before. I feel like I have. It's the fifth book in a fantasy series that starts with the thief. I think it's well, I think, I think it's did. known as like the King's Thief series or I something. I feel like on the YA episode. I think you... so. Well, that was a long time ago. That yeah. was almost two years ago. So yeah. I'm going to talk about this. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so, uh, she started writing these books in 1996 and she's rather slow to put out new entries into the Mm -hmm. series. So fans are eagerly awaiting this as she rivals George R.R. Martin for the length of time she takes, (laughs) which is actually kind of an apt comparison because I think these books are sort of like, uh, Game of Thrones for a teen sort of tween set. Um, so they're really wonderfully written, complex fantasies. There's lots of political maneuvering and characters you care about, and intricate plotting, but it doesn't have the sex and violence that mm-hmm. that come with the Game of Thrones series. But or Game of Thrones series, but it, they're so enjoyable for adults. Like even though they're marketed towards teens, mm-hmm. and in fact, the first book I think is we have it cataloged as a children's book, oh, but um, oh. they're they're much much more complex than than people who maybe dismiss mm-hmm. young adult books think of them. So in this one. Komet is a secretary and a slave and has the ambition to become one of the most powerful people in the empire and uh, has these plans for what life is going to look like in the future. But then there's a whispered warning and the future he imagined for himself is wrenched away and he must follow a different path. And the book description says it is about an ordinary hero who takes on an extraordinary mission. And mm. it sounds like it's adventure quest kind of book, which are always good. And she she's created this world where I, I don't I get the impression you don't have to have read the previous books because it just takes place in the same world. And okay. I don't know that the characters from previous books will yeah. be in it, but I think it probably gives you a richer experience yeah, for sure. to read it, uh, to read the others. Um, and if you start with the first in the series, now you'll be all caught up in time for the release of this one in May. <laughs> in my world, in your world, it is blasphemous to read a series book out of order. So mm-hmm. go ahead and start with the first one, which is The Thief. But this one is called Thickest Thieves by Megan Whalen Turner. That sounds awesome. They're so good. I might have to reread them before the new one. Especially comes out. like because you know I don't like violence. And, yeah. And so yeah, I've never gotten into Game of Thrones right. for that reason. Right. And so that sounds like it would yeah really be very satisfying because yeah. I like the idea of it. Right. But. Yeah, I think you would like that. I mean, there's a little bit of violence. Uh, it's been a little while since I've read these. There's violence, but not of a gruesome. Right. Yeah, I can. Yeah, deal with you, that. Uh, violence you could handle. Right. Yeah. Right. 
My last book is York, The Shadow Cipher by Laura Ruby, and it comes out on May 16th. And Laura Ruby wrote Bone Gap, which won the Prince Award Mm -hmm. um, in 2016, and I absolutely hated it. Not because it's a bad book, but because it's magical realism, and I hate magical realism. So her new book, though, sounds completely different. So I'm very, very intrigued by by this shift Mm -hmm. in, in what she's writing. And I thought that, like... When when Bone Gap won, I knew that it deserved to win mm-hmm. the awards that it it, it got. It's, it has amazing writing. She's an excellent writer. Um, it just wasn't the mm-hmm. right book for mm-hmm. me. So I so I don't begrudge it anything. I just, for me personally, hated the experience <laughs> of reading it. But I'm very intri- intrigued to see her follow up novel. I always like follow ups mm-hmm. of, of award winners. So this is actually the start of a teen series, and it's an alternate history of New York. So it begins in 1798 when the Morningstar twins arrive in New York City and envision a metropolis of skyscrapers and trains. And 50 years later, I think, I, I'm not 100% sure if they've achieved that dream, but it sounds like they've, they have, mm-hmm. they've, they disappear and they've left behind what's called the old York cipher, which is a puzzle that's built into the city that they created and no one has ever solved it. And at the point of um, the modern day that the the book is set, it's become nothing more than a tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. So in the current day, three teenagers live in one of the remaining Morningstar buildings. I think there's only five left at this point. And they find out that their home is about to be demolished and their only hope of saving it is to prove that the old York cipher is real, which means that they have to solve it themselves. So it sounds kind of steampunky and kind of like it has the appeal of the Westing game. So, um, and it sounds very different than Bone Gap. So I think that her ability to write really well um, will make just an amazing book. So I'm so excited for this. And it's called York, the Shadow Cipher by Laura Ruby. And I, I don't know how many books it's intended to be. I just know that when I looked it up, it said it was number one of a series. Oh, so okay. We'll find out. Well, yeah. but it sounds really cool. That sounds good. All right. My last one is When Dimple Met Rishi by Sandhya Menon. It comes out May 30th. This is a YA novel. And it is about Dimple Shah, who has just graduated from high school and is more than ready for a break from her family and her mother's obsession with her finding the ideal Indian husband. (laughs) So she is thrilled at the prospect of attending a summer summer program for aspiring web developers. And then Rishi Patel is a hopeless romantic, and when his parents tell him that his suggested wife, in quotes, uh, that they've arranged with the Shahs will be attending the same summer program as him, he's excited. He's totally on board with the idea of getting the opportunity to woo her, because oh. I, I, my impression is he knows that she's not psyched about the prospect mm-hmm. of, a, <laughs> of a somewhat arranged So he believes in tradition and stability in life and, and the, respects the, the history of his culture and the idea of this arranged marriage dimple is not (laughs) dimple is just the opposite so there have been some reviews of it and everybody who's read it just absolutely love it it sounds to me like a pure delight uh ya offices attract romantic comedy um and who doesn't love a summer romance it's perfect it comes out the end of may it's one to throw in your beach bag or pool bag and it's when dimple met rishi by sandhya menon we had lots of YA on this list. I know. Which, I thought the same thing. And yeah. in fact, I could have done more, mm-hmm. which I, was kind of unusual because I feel like we've both gotten away from yeah. reading as much YA. Yeah. yeah. We're excited about it. We are. We're excited about our spring books. And again, we could have probably tripled that list easily. Yeah. All right. So we'll be right back with what we're reading this week.
All right, Anne, what are you reading this week? I'm reading a book I actually read while I was convalescing. Yes, um, that I made you read. <laughs> you made me read uh, because I'm actually reading The Shadowland right now, and oh, so right, I right. can't right. double talk about that. So I read I See You by Claire McIntosh, and 100% I read it because Hallie had just finished it, and she said, I want to talk to you about it. I need to discuss this book with someone. And so I was like, well, I've got an advanced copy of it, too. So it's very fast to, to read, and it was very hard to put down. So it was perfect for laying on the couch mm-hmm. and um, healing at the same time, <laughs> taking my mind off the pain. So this is a psychological thriller about a woman named Zoe Walker, and she's on her way to work, um, and she's riding the underground in London. And she is just flipping through the newspaper, and she sees a classified ad that has a grainy photograph of herself in it. So um, the the ad advertises a website called findtheone.com, and there's a phone number that goes with it. But when she investigates this, it doesn't really pan out into anything. The um, website requires a password, and the phone number doesn't doesn't do anything. And so um, she doesn't know what else to do. So she try, everyone sort of tells her to, that it, she's she's uh, imagining things mm-hmm. that this isn't actually her in the picture because it's just a really terrible photograph. She sort of lets herself be talked out of her her panic about this but then each day she sees the same ad and she can see that it's a different woman in each each um each day and then she starts to recognize these women from violent crimes that are happening across london so she knows that something is terrible uh, or something terrible is happening and that somehow these ads are linking everything together so she contacts a police officer um who is named kelly i think she has, you know, I'm terrible at remembering names terrible afterward. Remembering characters <laughs> and it comes out that. actually the day, this book comes out the day we're recording. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have a copy to be able to look back on, but yeah. I think her name is Kelly. Um, and she has her own past in dealing with um, violence towards women. Mm-hmm. And so the book is actually told in alternating chapters between their perspectives. And she's the only person that believes Zoe that, that something is actually happening. So they sort of investigate separately but are communicating together um and they discover what the ad actually means and that any woman who commutes in london is a, a potential target mm-hmm. of the person that's doing this website um so the way the the information unfolds in the book is very creepy mm-hmm. and it's very well paced and i don't want to say really anything else about the plot because part of the enjoyment is seeing how everything mm-hmm. all the information is given to you um, but it makes you question how anonymous you are as you move throughout the world. So you think that you're making random choices, mm-hmm. but you're actually hardly ever doing that. Mm-hmm. People can notice that. Yeah. And that is very creepy yes. to know that other people might see you doing things that you think you're doing yeah. randomly. Um, and they can use that information. So, um, yeah, it was, it was just a delicious read. So good. And I think that psychological thrillers, they're they are still so popular right now, but it's hard to find one that stands out because they're just coming out right and left. Um, but the characterization and the writing in this one, are, I think, are really strong, maybe stronger than I've seen in a while. And I felt like the characters felt like real people that had real motivations and, and backgrounds um, and relationships with each other. And I was actually completely surprised by the ending. Mm-hmm. So that, that hardly yeah. ever happens anymore. So um, Claire McIntosh Mac- actually had a, a career as a police officer for several years. And so um, that adds a lot of strength to her credibility in how she describes the process of, of investigating a crime. Mm-hmm. And it was just completely delightful so to read. Do you have anything to add 
on this one? No, I would just say I'm a huge creature of habit. Like I do the same things mm-hmm. all the time and I like it. That's, that's what I, I mean, I recognize that I do that yeah. because I like how, ha- like I like habits. Um, and so I totally creeped me out mm-hmm. that it does, it's not that hard to figure out what people's habits are. Yeah. Um, but it was, I just thought it was so good. Mm-hmm. And it was one, I feel like if you are inclined to like psychological thrillers at all, it's one I feel like anybody could pick up and enjoy yeah. and I agree her writing I thought was really strong it reminded me a little bit of Tana French yeah. like it's just as much about the characters as it is about this fast-paced mm-hmm. mystery plot that's yeah. happening as you're trying to piece together what's going on so um yeah I thought it was great in fact I then went and read her first book after I read this one because I was so taken with it and that, that one was excellent that, one that was I, I let, let you go, go or I let you go I let you go mm-hmm. which was really really good too mm-hmm. so um so yeah I would co-sign this recommendation Yay. And that's I See You by Claire McIntosh. All right. So I'm cheating. Um, my The book I'm not really reading this week, but I read while you were convalescing as well, <laughs> was The Upside of Unrequited by Becky Albertalli. And it doesn't come out till April 11th, I think, okay. sometime in April. I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> and it's our podcast. So we're talking about it. Um, so this is a book I don't tend to stay up too late to finish oh, a book. this is the one that yeah. you... This, so, <laughs> This is a, so I tend to, um, I don't know, I get tired and I fall asleep. You know, I always read before I go to bed, but yeah. I'm not, unless I'm really close to finishing a book, I don't often like stay up past my right. typical bedtime to, uh, once again, I'm a creature of habit. And so I go to bed around the same time every night. I live such an exciting life. Uh, but this one I did stay up too late to finish. It is about a girl named Molly Peskin Suso, who is 17 and she wants more than anything to fall in love and have somebody love her back. Um, but she's really scared of being rejected. And so she, all she has is a string of crushes. I think she's at like 27 crushes or something mm-hmm. like that, that they keep track of. Um, but no actual relationships with with the boy. Um, and she has a twin sister named Cassie who is always encouraging her to put herself out there. And she, Cassie has all these flings and like just has fun and loves to flirt. And Mm -hmm. Molly just is sort of doesn't want to be vulnerable. She's protective of her heart. And so she never takes the plunge, even though she develops these unrequited love loves on these. It could be anybody from somebody, one of her classes to a famous person, like it doesn't matter. She just develops these crushes. Mm -hmm. So then one night they're out and um, Molly actually meets a girl in the bathroom of a club and it's uh, immediately thinks, Oh, Cassie's going to like this girl. Like mm-hmm. this is going to be somebody that she likes. So she introduces them and um, suddenly Cassie is spending a lot of time with this new girlfriend she has instead of with Molly, because previously all these flings that she had, they were so temporary that mm-hmm. yeah, she'd hang out with somebody, but Molly was kind of always her, yeah. her rock. Um, so Molly's feeling a bit out of sorts and lonely and the good news is that Cassie's girlfriend comes along with a cute hipster friend who <laughs> Cassie and the girlfriend think would be just perfect for Molly. So kind of throw them together. But the only problem is Molly has this coworker named Reed who is loves Tolkien and is kind of chubby, doesn't care about how he dresses. He goes to Ren Fair. He's just like a, a dork kind of. Yeah. Um, not cool. And uh, Molly couldn't possibly like him because she's around him all the time and, and he's just kind of a nerd and mm-hmm. uh, but she they get along really really well this captured all of the feelings I think teenagers have which is where they're sh- they're just absolutely sure everybody else knows exactly what they're doing mm-hmm. with relationships and intimacy and and 
you're the only one who doesn't right. know that. And it's really warm hearted and sweet. And it's representative of how many different types of people there are in the world. And it's very inclusive of many different types of people mm-hmm. in like of all sorts. I'm not just talking about skin color, sexual orientation or right. anything like that. It's all about um, just accepting people for who they are. Um, I will say that there is a lot of swearing in this book. Like it's something I don't generally notice that mm-hmm. and it sort of stuck out to me. And it's probably how teenagers talk. But mm-hmm. um, if it's something that bothers you or if you would just prefer not to read that kind of thing, I would probably stay away from it. But if it if it's not the sort of thing that's going to put you off, then I would definitely recommend this book. It's called The Upside of Unrequited by Becky Albertalli. That's so cute. Awesome. Okay, so let's go back and list off everything we mentioned. Okay. Um I talked about White Tears by Hari Kunzru, The Gargoyle Hunters by John Freeman Gill, American War by Omar El Akkad, The Shadowland by Elizabeth Kostova. If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio, The Witchfinder's Sister by Beth Underdown, Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman, York, The Shadow Cipher by Laura Ruby, and what I read this week, or several weeks ago, <laughs> was I See You by Claire McIntosh. All right, I talked about The Inexplicable Logic of My Life by Benjamin Alire Science, One Day We'll All Be Dead and None of This Will Matter by Scotchy Cool, Exit West by Mohsen Hamid, the Women in the Castle by Jessica Shattuck. The Jane Austen Project by Kathleen Flynn. Saints for All Occasions by J. Courtney Sullivan. Thick as Thieves by Megan Whalen Turner. When Dimple Met Rishi by Sandhya Menon. And what I kind of didn't read this week, but I talked about anyway, <laughs> was The Upside of Unrequited by Becky Albertalli. Well, it's good to have you back, Anne. Thank you. It's good to be back. <laughs> Thank you for taking care of me. Oh, I was happy to. We had so much fun. We had fun. All right. So if you'd like to get in touch with us to give us feedback or a suggestion on a topic you'd like us to discuss, you can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook or on Twitter at wellreadpodcast. Please rate and review us on iTunes or your other podcast provider of choice. Our podcast is engineered by Adam Farver. Our theme music is Kitten by Poddington Bear. We keep our show notes at BeaufortCountyLibrary.org slash wellread, where you can find a listing of every book we talked about in this episode. Thank you all for listening, and happy reading. Happy reading.